playoffs are for winners. On the other side, we do have to deal with Ngakwe. <laughs> Ngakwe. You are listening to the Packers pregame podcast. And who better to pound the rock than AJ, the tree trunks Dylan? I don't, I don't, I don't have a good nickname for him. Answering the hardest question. Or should we just let this play out? Um, you know that's a good question. Fiery debates. It's Kyle. It's Kyle Fuller. Kyle Fuller's better than Jair Alexander. Yep, he's better. Uh, unbiased opinion, I disagree. And finally, the hottest of takes from the greatest of truth tellers. Alright, look around, pre-snap, where's number 20, where's number 20, there he is, that's where I'm going. You don't even have to make reads. This game is a chance for Mitchell Trubisky to turn the tide on his career in the next decade for the Chicago Bears. The question that everyone should have been, well, it shouldn't even have been a question, the statement that everyone should have been saying loud and clearly, yelling it from the rooftops from the mountaintops is, look what Aaron Rodgers has done in spite of Mike McCarthy. He has won in spite of the people above him and the people higher up in the organization. He has dragged this team through the mud. He has willed this team to win. We do not give him the credit that he deserves. Hello, and you are welcome to the Packers pregame podcast. We are back this week after a rousing battle for the axe. We have a guest on today with us. Uh, Mike is not here today because he is uh, sick, as he likes to call it, but I'm just, I can't believe he didn't just rub some dirt on it and come to play that's not very football of him no but we hope he's gonna get better uh so we have our good friend and we've had him on maybe one time good friend sam on here big big time wisconsin sports fan here to uh help us out and get us through uh some badgers and we're gonna let him go and bill and i are gonna take over game preview for the philadelphia eagles sam how are you tonight? Oh, it's not a good night. It is not a good night at all. I'm hurting real bad. Uh, thank you for having me on. That's great. That's great. I'm 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 doing okay after tonight. You're Bill, I'm here with our good friend Bill, injury expert, aficionado. Bill, how are you today? Uh, I'm also not doing. I don't think I'm as bad as Sam, but um, I'm also not in a good spot due to the lackluster performance by Graham Mertz and the Badgers. We're going to talk about it all, and I, your resident Bears fan germ, am going to walk you guys through it as best as I can. So we're going to start with Sam because he is limited on time. He's a dad. He's father, daddy duties. Um, so we're going to get his quick hit thoughts on the Wisconsin Badgers losing for the second straight year to the Minnesota Golden Gophers for the first time since 1994. Sam, what do you have for us? I'm coming out hot. I think Barry Alvarez screwed us when he was coach in AD. Wow. Just hot. If you actually looked at Barry Alvarez's record, his conference record is 65-60. and 60. He's not that great. He's not. Everyone makes him out to be so much better than he was because of how bad the Badgers were at football before him. I mean, the dude before him was 6-27. and 27. Just, he, he was so good, and it was only good because the bowl game records is 8-3. and three. When he was coach, but everything else is just average, and he's kept he kind of kept us in like the '80s, '90s football, where even Saban has taken Alabama to new heights with his hires. Like he should definitely he definitely held us back, and we're not going to compete for about I would say about ten years. We got held back so bad. So in the way that Saban kind of um, evolves his offense when the times change, you're mad that Barry just sort of hired per, per your text you basically are just mad that he kept hiring the same people and you're like we're gonna be ten, like 10 and 1 ish the 8 and 2 maybe lose three games we're gonna get a bowl that's what we're doing we're gonna play defense we're gonna run the ball and we're going to a bowl game okay would you rather be like lsu where they've won one championship in the last five years but they've been kind of average the rest or would you like to be this 8 and 3 like we could be good we can be great, or we're just playing defense, like Jeremy said. 
That's a question for Bill. I am not your college football aficionado. I, I do not care for the for the sport, for the layout, for how it goes. Bill, please tell people what, what you prefer in your college football program. Uh, well, in my program, I mean, yeah, I mean, I would prefer a championship, but uh, it's the Big Ten, man. Like, it's not how it works. In the Big Ten. Ohio State won. Uh, I mean, Ohio State's Ohio State. They're, they've been good for 50 years. Why can't we be that good? We're uh, sure yeah, we can be that good, we but we're stuck. Well, I, it appears to me they lost today. It's uh, not a good day for them either. <laughs> they also got, yeah, they got blown out at home by Michigan. So, like, you know, the, they also didn't have a good day. But, no, I mean, I think I said this before. Uh, nice. Um is the the Badgers are like dead last in recruiting in all Power Five schools, which you just you just that's unexcusable. I'll gi- I'll definitely give you that. Like recruiting has been very bad because we like we basically just like get we recruit like um like Iowa and Nebraska did, and it's just like you get your three stars, your in-state guys who are kind of under scouted, under recruited, and then they play up better than their rankings say they should be but even then the ceiling is only so high and yeah we're not getting the five-star wide receivers the you know the five-star quarterbacks the even the four-star quarterbacks or four-star wide receivers for that matter like yeah it's just it's not great even the one four-star quarterback we did get Graham Mertz looking like ass like the coaches don't develop well like we've got the talent like we've always said it's just we don't have the ability to develop the guys yeah, um, and I think this year, like, I don't think our offense coordinator is good. Um, I don't think a lot of our uh, coaching staff is very good. I would, I probably would, I'm sure a lot of them are going to be fired, or I would at least hope so. Um, yeah, Graham Mertz, I mean, that's just kind of sucks. That's just unfortunate. Like, he's your best recruiting, your best recruit quarterback-wise, and he just kind of is not good. And it's like... You know, shit like that, at least, you know, it doesn't really work out. That's not really our fault, I would say. He's just, just not good. <laughs> just something we have to suffer. And, like, what I, what I worry about is us turning into Nebraska, where we we fire a coach who's really good, Paul Christ, 67-26, and then all of a sudden we can't hire for nothing. Well, now I don't think... the seller of the division. I'd, well, okay, I don't think you can just look at their win-loss record and be like, he was good and he wasn't bad because... He won more games. Like, I mean, Paul Chris, like, we were not moving. We're not in a upward trajectory under Paul Chris, like, the last three, four years. We were, and before, like we were talking about before, like, what was it, 2017 when we won the Orange Bowl? We've been downhill since. Yeah. Losing Rose Bowls, and then, I mean, I guess you won the Pinstripe Bowl, but does that really count? Yeah. Yeah, it's... Sam... What is next for Wisconsin football? Hiring an offensive-minded head coach. Like, honestly, I wish we would. Nebraska hired, uh, what's his face? That was Carolina's coach. Matt Rule. Mm-hmm. He was an offensive mind. He didn't take that long to turn Baylor nor Temple, Temple around. Like, that would have been nice to have a hire like that. I just don't know who you hire. Because you, you don't want to take, like, you could hire Bill O'Brien, who's used to the Big Ten. Took Penn State. That just seems like a bad hire, like an ugly hire. B.O.B. Yeah. Every Alabama fan would be thanking us getting rid of him. What about the lane train? Yeah, uh, he's, he resigned. So. Yeah, I don't, he, it's not official because, well, he was he was going to go to Auburn. Well, I mean, <laughs> man, Auburn is – now they're going to hire Hugh Freeze, and, I mean, that's just a whole fucking ball of worms that we don't need to get into. Um, but – no, so then he, yeah, Lynn Kiffin kind of rebuked on Auburn job, and I believe is reported to be signing an extension with Ole Miss. Um, I don't think, I, I don't think our school, the, the University of Wisconsin would not have hired Lane Kiffin as a head football coach. I mean, I no, not. It's not like we're going to hire Deion Sanders either. Like, even Colorado's looking at Deion Sanders. Yeah, I don't yeah. think, I don't know if he would, I don't know how good of a coach Deion Sanders is. That's a worse gig than Jackson State, too, is it not? Colorado? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, also, like, Colorado seems to actively, like, not like oh, their own football program. 
So I probably wouldn't. Yeah, you probably don't want to go coach there no. for that reason alone. Um, I was listening to a, a college football podcast, and they were talking about how Wisconsin is like they're not gonna like just hire whoever. They're gonna make sure like they really nail it down. And the two names that were it was obviously Jim Leonard and Lance Leipold, but Lance Leipold is now signed a like ten year extension with Kansas football, and. Uh, I'm not saying I'm not saying Leonard isn't like a good choice, but it's just like the team he has is like so bad. I just don't know how you could properly evaluate him. Yeah, now, closing closing arguments from you both. Uh, I I want to hear what Sam has to blow off some steam about before he gets out of here. Make sure he gets everything off his chest, and then I'll end it with a question: Do you want Jim Leon Hard to be the Packers defensive coordinator? I do. He's like if you look at the Badgers game, like they're not you know, defensively. They're really good. It's they can't get anything going on offense. Mm. It's he would make and be good with how to use our players. He would be he would be my hire for the Packers offense or defensive coordinator. And my hire for the Packers head or for the Badgers head coach would be the Tennessee offensive coordinator. Like that's who I would go ahead and hire. Look at how quick they turned around. The Tennessee Titans After losing. No, the Tennessee Titans. Oh, 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 oh! Is that uh, is that hypo? No, no it, Alex. I had to look this up. Alex Golish. Oh. Okay. So you're gonna hire the former Tennessee offensive coordinator to be your head coach, and now the the, the current Tennessee offensive coordinator to be your offensive coordinator. I love it. You're gonna be the Tennessee Packers. Robbie. Shoot. Green Bay Titans or Tennessee Packers? What's your favorite? Green Bay Titans sounds better. It does. Um, I would like to echo Sam's sentiment. Uh, I would like to see Jim Leonhard as the Packers defensive coordinator. Um, my only problem is that I don't know who the Badgers hires their head coach, and that makes me nervous because I also want them to be good. And it seems like... Search. It, yeah, well, that's what they say. Um... But yeah, it feels like if Leonard leaves, the Badgers are, or the Packers could be, and goes to the Packers. The Packers would be good. I don't know if the Badgers would be good, and I need them both to be good for my mental health. <laughs> You're not wrong. Well, Sam, thank you for coming on and giving us your thoughts on the Wisconsin football landscape. Uh, we know you're very upset about tonight. We, 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 as a, as a. As somebody who has dealt with many, many a loss, I would just like you to get a good night's sleep. Uh, you know, hang out with the child, don't think about it too much, and maybe just watch, like, one highlight video of when things were good. Yeah, I'm going to have to start watching Russell Wilson highlights from the Badgers to make him seem like he's actually good again. Just watch the, the one from, is it 2019 when we beat Minnesota in Minnesota? And that was, like, their, when they finally got college game day. Yeah. Just, mm-hmm. watch, just watch that game. Put my mental health back to normal. Got yeah, it. there you go. <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right, thank you, Samuel. Uh, thank you, Sam. Walsh from 27 yards left hash. Snap good, spot down. Walsh's kick is up, and it is no good. He missed it. Are you kidding me? The season can't end like that. Thank you for that, Sam. We always love having our good friend Samuel on to uh, talk Badgers, talk Packers football. All right. We've been off for a while. Thursday night football really put us out of a groove. We're missing Mike. As I mentioned, he is sick with something. Sounds like you couldn't tough it out. Yeah, sounds well, right. Yeah, uh, I'm with Bill. It's me, your resident Bears fan, Germ, and we are going to get right back into it and recap the week and the Titans game, which proved to be the Packers are still not very good, mm-hmm. and the Titans are just a better team than them. And Bill, I'm just going to jump it to you real quick. All right. How did you feel watching the first half? Because I know you didn't exactly watch the whole thing. I did not. Uh, fake fan over here, not watching full games. Um, I also care about my mental health, so, you know, trade-offs. Um, I, yeah, again, from what I, I don't know, like I said, the game feels like it was like a thousand years ago. I don't know why. It's like you just get that little mini-buy, and it's like, this game happened last year. I don't know. Um, we just, like, didn't look good. Like, the first drive, like, our defense couldn't cover... Our secondary was bad. It was like, oh, okay. So that Cowboys game was a fluke. Um, not a good team. 
we do run into this issue because whenever we miss Mike, because I watch the whole game as I do with just about all national games, and like I try to pay attention as much as I can, but I I just don't have those hard-hitting thoughts and burning questions in my mind that Mike comes fired up with because yeah. he's watching Packers games. I'm just watching to make sure they lose. <laughs> Mike is like, he has, you know, real thoughts that go into this. Yes. Um, yeah, the analysis me, it's not... always just like, hey, like what I said on the pod previously, I'm like, look, Mike, uh, Mike Vrabel is going to go in there. He's the only person who actually embodies the Belichick tree. He's not going to get outsmarted and get dumb dumb brains going into Lambeau Field. He's going to actually do the smart thing. He's going to give the ball to Derrick Henry. He's going to... And you know what? It's not even mostly Mike Vrabel stuff. Ryan Tannehill was on fire! Yeah. <laughs> Did you notice any of that? Anytime it was third and six, it's like, out route to the sticks! Right on the money! Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm just pulling up the, uh... Yeah. The stats here. Um... Give me what Derrick Henry had on the ground, because I don't think it was overly impressive. I know they just uh, they gave it to him when it was necessary, and it worked when they had it when when it needed to work. Derrick Henry on the ground, twenty eight for eighty seven and a touchdown. Oh, wow, but <laughs> twenty eight for eighty seven. But he did have he was two for two for four yards and a touchdown passing. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. He oh, uh, passed by Derrick Henry. It's been a while. Derrick, he- the old- Derrick Henry had a... Derrick, <laughs> Derrick Henry's QBR was almost double Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> well, that's what you get when you got a healthy thumb, am I right? Yeah, that's not great. So, we had and we kept it on the rundown here that... Hey, Aaron Rodgers looks good again. We had the he had he got them off sides and he threw that ball up to Christian Watson and you guys got one of your classic touchdowns. Yeah. But then the rest of the game was a big psych. Yeah. That, that touchdown, that was a that was psych. It. That was you it. guys have heard that one before. Uh, yeah, yeah, so you're saying Ryan Tannehill Ryan Tannehill was twenty two of twenty seven, three hundred and thirty two yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Also was sacked three Excuse times. Me? But I mean yeah, that's that's pretty good. Five incompletions. Five incompletions? You said 333 yards? Yeah. Oh my god, really? Yeah. For, uh, 233. No, uh, that was actually about what Aaron had. Aaron was 24 of 39 with his COVID thumb. Two tw- 227 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Yeah, That's I was a little bit worried points. when they had that play to Christian Watson on the on the free play. It's like, oh my god, they're at it again. Mm-hmm. This game's going to be low scoring. And they're still kind of on their on their wits, and they can still pull that shit off. But other than Christian Watson's second touchdown, it felt like that's all they had going. This receiving core is still an absolute mess. Yeah. Um, I do feel like once Romeo Dubs comes back, I don't could think he's coming good. back. You don't think he's coming back? I don't think so. Well, I guess we'll get to the injury report later, and maybe you can give our uh, future Ooh. injury takes after that. But I was unaware that he was not going to be ready to go this week. I kind of thought he was back at practice, but I'm going to save that. Save it for the injury that's report. That's called a tease. That's what we call a tease. Yeah. Um, this drops the Packers to 4-7. and seven. I'm almost surprised they are 4-7, and seven, mostly because I still think I'm... I don't believe that they beat the Cowboys last week. I, just can't, I can't believe they did that. And then the the Cowboys go on and whip up the Vikings. For, the Cowboys have played two games since you guys played a game last, and that's yes. weird. That's why this feels so long. Yeah, yeah, because we get the short, we got the short bye with our Thursday night, but then they played Thanksgiving, so then they had like the short week. Yeah, it's messing me up inside. Um, another bit of news: it will spring some more fun conversation. Um, Sean Ryan. Never heard of him before in my life. Not mm-hmm. totally sure you have either, Bill. He has been suspended for six games. Um, my guess is PEDs. Do you have a confirmation on that? It was PEDs. Uh, it was PEDs. Trying to get on the again, line, am I right? Again, he is a, uh, it, it goes, I think there was another Packer in, a couple years ago who got busted for PEDs who also like didn't play much. And it was just like, uh, well, I guess those drugs really aren't enhanced your performance, are they? Because uh, you can't see the field. Because <laughs> I haven't seen you out there. Yeah. Um, that brings us to the 
ever-present third-round draft pick graveyard. So Apparently, bad. this guy, who we've never heard of in my life, was a third-round pick of the Packers, and now he's out the remaining six games of the season. Bill, I know I sent them over to you. I just mm-hmm. need you to read off whichever order you prefer. The third-round picks of the Packers, either by Brian Gutekunst or just over the last ten years. Uh, I would do both. Um, and I will... Uh, I will... Um, What's, what am I trying to say here? I will refrain from adding the tweeters' uh, commentary that they put themselves because I think it's dumb. Um, we don't dox here. No, unless your name is Peter Bukowski. Uh, so we'll just go. Uh, we'll just go reverse order. Sean Ryan obviously suspended six games PEDs. Mike Rogers uh, eventually waived after having almost as many fumbles as receptions in his short NFL career. Um, Josiah Deguara, um, very limited play time. I think he spent he has spent more time in Aaron Rodgers' doghouse than on the field. Um, I do not know what that is about. Uh, Jay Sternberger uh, suspended, um, although he's no longer on the team. And I do not remember if he got suspended before or after he was released or traded or whatever happened to him. So that's oh, my... I'm just waiting for you to keep, oh, my keep bad. going. Yeah, my bad. I, I, uh, Josiah Degura has like the one catch a game where I'm like, oh god, I forgot they still have him. Yeah, and then I don't see him the rest of the game. If you want to go, well, that's basically what happens. Well, he'll get a catch and you're like, hey, and then he'll get a target that misses that he either doesn't catch or Aaron throws a bad ball, and then they, the camera cuts to Aaron screaming, and then you're like, well, it was nice knowing you, dude. Uh, I guess we'll see you next week. <laughs> I'll get him next week. Yep. Uh, so if we just want to go back a little bit, um, 2022 Sean Ryan, uh, 2021 Omari Rogers, 2020 Josiah Deguara, 2019 Jay Sternberger, who was picked one pick before, uh, Scary Terry McLaurin, not a good look. Um, 2018 Warren Burks, who was okay. Uh, 2017 Montreal Adams, who was basically like a depth uh, D tackle who like got some time but not a lot. 2016 Kyle Sackrell, uh, halfway decent. Not bad. 2015 though Ty Montgomery, Ooh. not great. Um, productive player. Productive player until he decided to take a kickback against the Rams that he shouldn't have, where he immediately fumbled and then was shipped off to Baltimore the following week. Oh God, I'll never forget that. <laughs> That was wild. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, it was the end of the McCarthy era, was it not? 2015? That kind of symbolized the end of it. Um, you know, what year? What did you say? That was 2015, right? 2015. 2015? Ty Montgomery was shipped off in 2015? No, I'm sorry. I My bad. He was drafted in 2015. I'm sorry. No, yes, yes, the trade, the fumble, yeah, that was kind of the... The McCarthy Packers are falling apart, yeah. almost metaphorically, right in, like, the personification of it, right in front of your eyes. Mm-hmm. He takes out a kick he shouldn't have because he wasn't coached properly, he fumbles, the game gets out of hand and you lose, and then next week he's gone. Yep. Um, 2014, Kyrie Thornton. I couldn't even tell if he played. Ooh. Yep. And then, shockingly, 2013-2012, both good draft classes because we did not have a third-round pick that year. Amazing. Um, and I think that'll uh, that'll about do it. Uh, yeah, that's a, well, I think that's a good about a decade summation of uh, Packers third third round draft picks. I'll do it. Well, since we don't have too much to say on the Titans game, I'll just bring up something that Sam said about wanting Jim Leonhard mm-hmm. to be the Packers defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Do you believe... I called him Leon Soft this game, by the way. What? I said, I, I just wanted to give him the joke that you called him Leonhard, and I immediately came back with Leon Soft. Because I was not happy with the conservative play calling he was doing. Yeah, that was good stuff. Uh, speaking of Leon Hard or Leon Soft, do you think he would play his defensive backs in hard or soft coverage? Because every single time the Titans had third and like five to six or five to seven or eight, they would just run at your defensive backs playing soft coverage. 
They would make one move to the inside or outside, and they would throw to the sticks, and it would be a first down. Um, would Leon play hard or Well, I think, well, unfortunately today he was playing Leon's top coverage, so not In good. a big spot, too. That's yeah. not a good look. Yeah, not, although, if you're the Packers, that's exactly what you're looking for, and so he's the obvious hire. Well, I like that. <laughs> so, so, a loss to the Tennessee Titans, they improve to, I think it's like their fifth or sixth win in a row. I, I believe it. kind of can't believe that. They've it's all been seven and three now, right? unimpressive wins. They are currently sitting at 7-3. and three. And, nope, so they won five in a row. They lost to the Chiefs in overtime. In overtime, yeah. they can yeah. still the only team that seems to be able to play the Chiefs top every day. And that was, we, and wasn't, uh, wasn't, Tannehill wasn't even playing that game, right? That was with their backup. Yeah, it was Malik Willis. Yeah. And they took the Chiefs to overtime. He threw like, he had, he was like, he attempted like six passes all game and they took the Chiefs to overtime in, in Kansas City. Yes, they did. And then they beat the Broncos, then they beat the Packers, and that's just what the Titans seem to be and why the Packers can't seem to be that anymore. Um, we're going to move on to the game preview because we don't have too much else to say about the Titans. They're a largely ununique team. We know what they're all about, and they just keep winning, and the Packers refuse to win. Mm-hmm. Now another tough matchup. They have to go, correct me, help me out, they go to Philadelphia? Yes, I believe yes, that. Yes, they're right. playing they're at the at Philadelphia against the 9-1 and one Eagles oh. on Sunday night football. Sunday, another, another primetime game for the Green Bay Packers. It seems as though the NFL schedulers are running into a ton of issues this year with their primetime scheduling and teams supposedly, or who are supposed to be good, that ended up really not be being good they got a lot of broncos games on prime time that's not good do you know how many i have a question for you i looked the in the upcoming schedule recently just because i want to know what we have for the closing segment of the season is it all NFC? Do you know how many times the colts have been and are still going to be in prime time this year i don't know. okay i don't know how many they've been in but i i'm imagine another three They've already been in maybe two. They had that awful Thursday game against the Broncos. Oh, yeah. Next week, not not to, not this Sunday. Right. They play next Sunday night. The Colts play the Cowboys on Sunday night. Don't know what that's all about. NFC East. Colts? Well, I guess, yeah, just whoever they can stick the Colts against. And then they You said the Cowboys, think, right? That's... They have at least one more. Sorry, this is bad radio. I'm looking for just the one more. They play Monday night in three weeks against the Chargers. And it's in Indianapolis. What is that? That's not a good game. I don't know. But the Packers, the point is the Packers have been one of those teams where the nation is quite sick of this team. Maybe the nation wants to see them lose. I'm not totally sure about that. I know I. that's what I want to see. I don't know how the rest of the nation feels. Well, I know how, I know how the rest of the NFC North feels. Most of, I mean, I'm enjoying it. I can't deny it. Most people do not want to watch this team play in prime time anymore, and the spread shows it. Bill, we have the Eagles favored at six and a half. Yes, and that seems low. Yes, I, that yes, that does seem low. Um, I mean, the Eagles. I know the Eagles have been p- playing a little not up to their level the last couple weeks. They, including a rough loss to the Command Skins. Um, but we're also. Like the Titans, they've won four of their last five, and I don't know if it's their opponent or if it's just Taylor Heineke. It's Taylor Heineke. Well, you know who it's, it's not. Well, I know it's not Carson Wentz. I, I can tell you that. <laughs> Carson Wentz beat the Bears on Thursday. That's when it started. <laughs> and then he got hurt. Uh, you just you ran in for like, like I'm gonna just beat the Bears, and then I'm gonna get killed. Fourteen to twelve, barn burner. Real, real Big Ten West football. Love to see it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so six and a half seems low. Um, I have, I don't have any faith in the Packers to lose, or to sorry to win. Oof! Wow, I just, I was turned into Mike Burns level optimism right there. Um, I don't think they'll win. I also don't think they cover. Um, oh, you think it's maybe a little bit of a Eagles get right blowout game? Yeah, yeah. The, well, yeah, I'm just. The, I, I think I put it to to peek ahead a little bit into things I'm afraid of. Um, 
historically, at least in the last 10 years, I think the Packers' record on national TV, national TV games is bad, especially like Sunday night games. I don't know... I don't know what the record is, but it just feels bad. Interesting. Especially, to the contrary, I would feel like every time I watch them in a big spot, I'm the one sitting there like an idiot, hoping that they lose, and they do the thing like they did against the 49ers last year in Week Three, where it's like, yeah, you guys, like you're lose, you lost this game, and then you have that miraculous like 23 seconds left or whatever it was, and they still got field goal. Right? Well, I guess I I should put it with the caveat of non-divisional national TV games. That's a, another great point. <laughs> So and you mentioned in the in the recap of the Titans game, but we do have it here in the preview. What do we think about um, the confirmation? It's officially confirmed. Aaron Rodgers has a broken thumb. Yes. But as we we three, Mike would probably agree with us because he is we and we are him and we are the yes. Walrus. We yes. are truth tellers. Yes. Is this COVID thumb? This is COVID thumb. I'm calling it COVID thumb. Um. Uh. Shout out to uh, Big B. Uh, I forgot his actual handle on Twitter, but he broke this news, like, uh, well, at least two weeks ago, right? Maybe a week ago? Something like um, that. I'll find his official it's hat ste- while you... Several, several days ago, he, while visiting uh, the Packers in, a, in an apparent Make-A-Wish uh, situation, he, he, he broke the news that Aaron Rodgers had broken his thumb, and also... Um, after it was officially announced by Rodgers and then kind of aggregated on Twitter, uh, Ian Rappaport, good guy, did uh, to give him uh, the uh, the dibs on that. Correct. So that was Rapsy. nice to see. Rapsy, uh, real- we have it here, at Big Packers 4X. Name is Big B. Since this is a big talking point today, let's break some news. I asked Rogers during my Make-A-Wish how his finger is, and he replied that his thumb is actually broken. His thumb was still really bruised and swollen last Saturday. And this was on the 18th of November. He tweeted this. Okay, yeah, so about a week ago. Um, Eight days, yeah. So that's, ago. that's good reporting by uh, Big B. Love to see very it. Very good reporting. Very thorough, very, very concise. Mm-hmm. Uh, love to get the scoop on the Big J journals, am I right? Yeah, so he's got COVID thumb, and we're afraid that um, that could that has been hindering his performance. And uh, Bill has a, a burning question he would like to ask Packer Nation: When does Aaron get benched for injury? Yes, uh, I need to know. I need, I need, I, to know. and I say not until I say so. And that's good. I I think we should defer to your judgment on when Aaron Rodgers should and should not get benched. I think that's only fair. I have been saying for weeks. If he ducks this second Bears game, I will be furious at him, even though there's no more mad that I really can get at him. Like, what am I going to say? Or I will I will curse his name. I will I will hate him. Like, I already hate him. I can't do anything more. Well, not to get too far ahead to next week, because next week is Packers-Bears. Uh, getting there. Oh, okay. I was going to say, over weeks I've been saying this, and at this rate... It looks like my quarterback's going to be the one who maybe doesn't play that game. That's right. Yeah, I was going to ask, because uh, you even mentioned that in the group chat. I mean, it's looking like um, I forgot your backup quarterback's name. Marcus Simeon. Marcus the Seaman. Seaman well, I they also upgraded from the practice squad. The Peter Man. Peter Man. Yes. The Peter Man. The Peter Man. So, so if the word from down the, uh, down the freeway into Chicago is that Justin Fields is a tough son of a gun. He we don't know if he's going to play Sunday yet and it is Saturday night because he he wants to play and I just think the coaches are pretty old school like Eberflus is all like I'm going to keep this on lock until I absolutely have to. So I I if I were to say it I don't think he plays. I don't I think it's stupid if he plays. He has a near separated shoulder and it's like partially torn. I was going to say like doesn't that. he have ligament, ligament damage as well? He he might. I, there's been a lot of confl- conflicting reports. The most I heard, yeah, it was I think quote separated shoulder with some ligament damage. Like okay, so okay. not a, not a lot, but just some, just some, just some. Just please, just get healthy for the Packers game, healthy enough, and then mm-hmm. you have the bye week, and then we can talk about it. Like, yeah, you know, just play, just play against the Packers. That's all I ask. Same for you, Aaron. You don't get a you're you're not going to be benched until I say so. 
Yeah. And I think that I, does bring up the question that if they do lose this game, they fall to four and eight. Mm -hmm. That is tied with the Detroit Lions for second in the division, many a game behind the Minnesota Vikings, who beat the New England Patriots in a surprise shootout. The extremely, <laughs> the extremely fraudulent Minnesota Vikings, by the way. You know what? Call them what you want. Just like I did with the Packers every time they were nine and two, and I thought they were soft as hell. I mean, I can be. I'm with you there. I love some of their players. They don't. They feel like a good team right now. They don't, they don't feel like a long term good team. But we'll we'll leave the Vikings maybe for uh, the old uh, Week 18 Vikings matchup. See how see how many losses they have then. Um, but we're going into the Eagles game here, and I just want to ask you as we move on. What is your, I mean, maybe not even call it favorite this week. Let's go just what matchup are you watching for? What, which, what's got your eyes when you're watching this game on Sunday night? All eyes are on the Packers and the Eagles. What do you got your eyes on? Well, uh, to tease a little bit more, uh, their linebacker core is still uh, depleted. So I am looking not forward, but I will be watching what uh, I guess I would assume I guess it would be Quay Walker does against Jalen Hurts because um, I just think he's going to run for about a thousand and a half yards. Yeah, can I maybe help you out a little bit with sure. yours that Quay Walker, if you're hoping he shows any sort of um, defensive chops outside of his pure athleticism, do you think he could be your is he is he hopefully your key to stopping the read option teams where he's gonna get out there in that sumo stance, yeah, on the, on the edge and he's gonna dive on the running back when he gets it or stop the quarterback too just because of how athletic he is or do you think he's just gonna be fooled up and down the field all day? Um, yeah, I don't think he is, and I could be wrong here because I don't know. I mean, I am a truth teller, but I don't know a lot about football, but. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he's probably good enough to be the signal, the main signal caller on the defense. So I think he would be better used as, um, as kind of the athletic. Like, all right, your job is just to spy the quarterback, and if he runs, tackle him. If he doesn't, just keep contained. Right, and that's just, what I mean. Like, if yeah. you get him out on the edge and they run that read option, you want him hunkering down on the running back and the quarterback and just hoping that he's athletic enough to just react whenever somebody does get the ball. Mm -hmm. Instead, quarterbacks have been taught to, you know, I mean, sorry, the defenders. No, I'm sorry. Again, go back. Quarterbacks have been taught to read that one defender. Yes. Whatever he does, if he crashes, you keep. If he holds the edge, you give. Mm -hmm. But now I think a lot of these defenders have been kind of taught if they're athletic enough, they just sort of stand there, get their arms nice and wide, they chop their feet, and they just react to what the quarterback does. Yeah. It's kind of like defense has turned it on the quarterback, and I just sort of feel like he's maybe still a little young and inexperienced, and Jalen Hurts has been doing this since he was at Alabama. He might just take him to the woodshed on this read option stuff. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair assessment. Um, and again, I don't claim to know too much about football. I just feel like I listen to a lot of stuff, and I'm able to regurgitate what I do here. Mm -hmm. uh, good friend um, of my brain in my football um, watching experience. Love Mina Kimes. She was talking with, um, I believe, Foxworth, Dominique Foxworth, about what the Eagles do. And they don't really do anything too special on offense. They just sort of run like their key like four to eight pass plays and pass concepts and they just hammer you with them they're like we're more athletic than you we have all these options we're we're in sync we know exactly what we're doing and mm -hmm. we're just gonna do we're gonna straight up beat you and that kind of brings me to my favorite matchup to watch one of my favorite receivers in the entire league it's gonna be aj brown versus little boy defensive backs on the packers i think he's just gonna mm -hmm. oh, just man them he's just gonna be bigger than them he's gonna be stronger than them he's just gonna body them which they decided not to play football anymore except for Jair, Jair Alexander never really backs down I would like to see him get knocked down because mm -hmm. Minka Fitzpatrick of all people one of the biggest safeties in the league tries to go after JJ Brown on a goal ball a few weeks ago AJ Brown catches the ball lowers his shoulder in the end zone he 
Minka Fitzpatrick flies four yards off of him, and A.J. Brown stands there and points at him and points at the other idiot that tried to cover him, and he just pointed at him on the ground. And said, this is my touchdown. And that's what I want to see next week. Yeah, actually, uh, I would like to change my uh, my thing my thing I'm afraid of because I just remembered this. The, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles did the Madden thing where they just signed the good veteran players that aren't playing anymore because no one else will pick them up. And so they signed Indomitian Sue, who, if you don't remember, him and Aaron Rodgers have a little bit of a beef. Division. Uh, no love lost. No love lost. That's right. Um, Aaron Rodgers, or Indomitian Sue has uh, thrown Aaron Rodgers around. He stomped on him. Uh... Well, uh, I mean, if you ask him, he accidentally stepped on him, didn't know he was there on the ground, but, you know, he said he said, he said about that one. Who's uh, to say? Right. Um, so I'm worried that he's going to get a big sack and probably kill Aaron because <laughs> Aaron is not who he was, you know, six years ago when he was, when Sue was last playing for Detroit or whatever it was, like, especially now that he's got the COVID thumb. I'm a little worried about uh, body injury. I am glad you brought that up too, because that is something I forgot about that I wanted to say is that we do kind of have a matchup here against two diametrically opposed viewpoints on how to like run and build a team. Mm -hmm. You've got the Gouda Koontz and um, publicly owned Green Bay Packers, Mm -hmm. who, especially when they have their window open and they're having a fantastic season, they don't seem to make the go-for-it trade. I mean, obviously all the reports are out there that they attempted to make the go-for-it trade. Right. They never succeeded. Who knows how true most of those are or how close they actually got. Mm-hmm. But then there's the Eagles. When they have a roster they like, they get Robert Quinn. They get Ndamukong Sue. They trade for A.J. Brown. They build an offense around their quarterback that really works and helps him. They just do things that are... Very Rams, Ramsey, go for it, but it seems like with a lot less capital. They're not getting superstars. Well, A.J. Brown's a superstar, but they already have a good defensive line. They're like, mm-hmm. we just need more. We need more. Well, that's the thing. It was like... On you with the entire game. Yeah, it was like, hey, we have a good D-line. Oh, we got some injuries. Now it's not as deep. Well, okay, here's some good free agents we can get, and then we'll just sign them. Instead oh, of... Robert Quinn's been on the trade block all season. Here's a fourth. <laughs> yeah. Right, and that's... Yeah, it's like... They don't, like, it's basically doing the move that Packer fans have been wanting the Packers to do, which is like, ah, our wide receivers are bad, and now a lot of them are hurt, um, thanks to the Battle of Ford Field. Yeah, Um, drafting Monte Smith, too, like, drafting your guy right away. Yeah, it's like, okay, so, like, maybe we don't need, like, the the one move that's going to take us to the Super Bowl, but, like, a depth move or something, and it's like, okay, here's... Two Ray elevated from the practice squad, and he gets two targets a game. It's like, well, that really doesn't like, cut the mustard. I guess that counts, right? <laughs> yeah, that doesn't really do what we wanted. Like, I'm not saying like we got to get OBJ or anything, but it's like, give me somebody who can replace Handy Watkins, who's walking his routes over the uh, across the field. Like, <laughs> get that dude out of here. I'm yeah, I'm fucking done with him. He should. He got two, he was targeted twice last week. Shockingly, no receptions. I mean, he's. I mean, he's. He's bad. He's bad. He's old. We knew he was bad and old and injury prone, and it's just. It's just been a waste, and I hate him. All right, Brian Dawkins. Oh man, Bill. We usually have the theme of the week as we go into the next game as what's like the talking points of Packers Twitter. Mm-hmm. What are people complaining about? What are they happy about? They're, I think we're just going to bypass that this week. It's Thanksgiving. I think that's cares? Good. Yeah. <laughs> they haven't played since Thursday. Mm-hmm. We already had games on Sunday and three games on Thursday. We're moving on. Nobody's even talking about the Packers. I haven't seen any of it. That's right. So what we're going to do sense. is carry on to what you were talking about and what are you afraid of or what should the Packers nation be afraid of? What do you got for me, Bill? What are you afraid of this week? Uh, well, I think I did, uh, I think I did bring it up. Um, but, uh, getting embarrassed on national TV. Uh, again, 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 
it just seems to happen. It was like the Bills game. I was like, okay, that we ended up that game ended up being closer than I thought. But going into that game, I was like, we're just gonna get the doors blown off. Not gonna be fun. Uh, and I think I think this week is gonna be a lot like that. Six and a half is low. It's just it's not gonna be good. Yeah, being a bad team on national television is just kind of excruciating. It's it's also kind of like well, I don't think this really applies to the Packers, but when it comes to like my team early in the year we had those two weeks where I think it was back to back we had national T V games. One it was Thursday and then the very next one was the Monday against the Patriots, which actually turned out fine. But there's some times where especially it's late in the season, you're like, No, people have I know people haven't been watching this team. I need the I need the nation to see how bad this team is. Yeah. So that, oh, what's going on over here? Right. <laughs> you guys have to. You guys, if I have to watch it, you do too. Yeah, that's like a. Uh, it reminds me. Um, I every it seems like every about every week or every couple days, I get the push notification from the ESPN app because. Um, you know, I get the notification set up for any Packers news. So then, inevitably, I get the, oh, here's Stephen A. Smith's thoughts on Aaron Rodgers. And it's like, <laughs> it's just yelling about it. I don't, I don't have to watch it to know what he's going to talk about. But it's like, again, like, it's just another thing. Where it's, doing it anyway. Yeah, and it's like, all right, it's, it's, here we go. Here's another guy yelling about how bad the Packers are. And they're four and soon to be four and eight. And it's like. I mean, what more? What more is there left to say? Yeah, I'm gonna actually kick it back to you for more to say. Actually, um, so my "What are you afraid of?" is actually a question. Okay. Are you afraid of winning? Yes, I am afraid of winning. Um, I've been on this train for a couple weeks now. Um, I am all about uh, draft position. I have moved on from trying to mental gymnastics my way into how the Packers can get into the playoffs because I don't want that and don't which is still possible by the way of course I'm it is sure. of course it is in the hunt in the hunt yeah you know what actually if I see that on the Sunday night graphic if I see Packers in the hunt I might change my mind but but until then I am all about uh, trying to get the best draft pick that we can which is why I was, uh, I was the I was the Larry David gif of him where he's indecisive, like eh, I don't know, maybe yeah. because it, during the Cowboys game, because I was like I want to win this game because that was my Super Bowl. I don't want to lose to Big Mike McCarthy, but at the right. same time, uh, that would have been six losses in a row, I think at the time. Yeah, um, that would have been bad, but that would have been very good because after I think it was after the. Bills game, we had a top 10 draft pick, and then it went up to like 16, which is a bad place to be in the draft, picking in the middle. Right, but again, I will tell you from experience, like when your team is bad and floundering, and football is such a long sport, and like it's one week in between games, everything's so terrible. I'm telling you, you do, you just, you gotta have those wins mixed in there. You gotta have the one to stop the losing streak, otherwise, everything feels just depressing yeah beating the cowboys you're like yep that's it we're do- like we're done lose three more in a row mm-hmm. maybe beat somebody else bad at the end like who knows maybe beat the lions <laughs> if you can beat them at home yeah no i'm just- telling you, you got to sprinkle wins in there just yeah the vibes are just so much better that's true i think i think at this point so the um, cowboys were my super bowl and i think at this point the only game that i would li- like to win would be the vikings Right, which I feel like the only reason that the only way that happened is if they're already locked into a spot and they're not playing that week because it's week eighteen, and then the tides are the tides are turned. Um, maybe the Vikings rest players and you're not playing the Lions week eighteen. Yeah, I don't care if we beat Vi- the Vikings with Kellen Mond at quarterback, who I don't think is on the team anymore. But oh, yeah, I think they waived him. <laughs> yeah, but like, because I don't care about. The whole, like, oh, our team was really resting, whatever. You don't care about qualifiers. Don't, don't, yeah, don't give me the qualifiers. Just, like, let me just let me be able to just, like, hit you back with the look at the scoreboard. Do you see the W in the column? Yeah, that's a win. That's the thing, again, with next week. If 
if both quarterbacks are out, like it's either you go starter versus starter, Rodgers versus Fields, or you go Love versus Simeon or the Peter Man. Like you just got to go backups to be backups or starter starter. Yeah, it's the only way. This- I I think I would rather if if the uh, if, if Fields is out next week, I think I would rather go backup versus backup than Rodgers versus your backup because that's just yeah. not that fun. No, it's never fun. All right, we're getting towards the end here. We have two segments left. We have the matchup history versus the Philadelphia Eagles presented by Germ. Wow. We have the injury report presented by Bill. And then score predictions. Ooh. Here we go. Then don't ask it, Lance. The matchup stats versus the Philadelphia Eagles, presented by Germ. The all-time record between the Packers and the Eagles is led by the Packers, 29-17. to 17. Wow. They are 2-1 in the playoffs. Sorry, the Eagles are 2-1 in the playoffs. I'm mm. sorry, they've played three times. The first of which, December 26th, 1960, the Philadelphia Eagles beat the Green Bay Packers 17 to 13 on Monday Night Football. 1960. They did Monday Night. That was one of the first ones. They did Monday Night Football 1960. You know what? I didn't do that much research because we were a little last minute. The game was played on a Monday. It may not have been Monday. Okay, because from now this could be my my uh, from my memory, but if if I recall, that was the actual. The championship game, the Packers lost to the Eagles, and Vince Lombardi said, boys, we're not losing again, and then they didn't. Oh, word? Yeah. That's fun. It's a good nugget. Love a good nugget. Because that's Their second playoff game against the Philadelphia Eagles came on January 11th, 2004, in a game that most Packer fans will remember, a 20-17 to loss to Donovan McNabb after a 4th and 26 conversion. I know Mike is cringing right now. The third of which, in the final one, the Packers get their revenge. January 9th, 2011, they win the wild card round 21-16 over the Eagles en route to a Super Bowl victory. And I must start at the beginning, the very first time that the Green Bay Packers ever played the Philadelphia Eagles was October 29th, 1933. They were the Eagles of Philadelphia all the way back then still of Philadelphia not many teams can say that the Packers win 35 to 9 and the most recent meeting between these two teams came in December 26th of 2020 the Packers win 30 to 16 and I wanted to put a few other notables in there December 5th 1943 the Green Bay Packers defeated the Philadelphia, the Pitts, Pitts of Delphia Steagles. They beat the combined team of the Philadelphia Eagles and the Pittsburgh Steelers 38-28. to And I wanted to throw this one in there as another little jab. September 26, 2019, a Thursday night football game in which the Eagles, a not very good Eagles team, defeated the Packers 34-27, to one of Matt LaFleur's very few regular season losses. Aaron Rodgers also had an absolute dime to Devontae Adams that game, for those who remember. And those are the matchup stats. Wow. Um, Jeremy, if you'll let me, uh, I can give you a little more insight into that December, Monday night December game in 1960. Please. Because that was, in fact, the 1960 NFL Championship game in which the Philadelphia Eagles in the Eastern Division, or Eastern Conference, defeated the Green Bay Packers out of the West, 17-13. to Um... Very good callback. Uh, that was also uh, the game marked the lone playoff defeat for Packers coach Vince Lombardi before his Packers team established a dynasty that won five NFL championships, as well as the first two Super Bowls in the span of the next seven seasons. What a benchmark football game. It really was. You love to see. All right, Bill, give us that very hefty, heftily teased injury report. All right. Um, let me pull it up here quick. All right, so um, I will start with the Eagles because it's very short. Wide receiver AJ Brown. Uh, he was a full participant with an illness. 
and cornerback Josh Joe was also a full participant with his hamstring. Um, for the Packers, uh, wide receiver Romeo Dubs is out. Linebacker Devondre Campbell is doubtful. And David Bakhtiari and Shamar Jean Charles are questionable. Um, you'll notice that the injury report does not include... Well, it actually it does include Aaron Rodgers, but he is full participation, so he will obviously be playing. The one I this, did the COVID year that I may have been a little bit distracted for was Romeo Dubs on that injury report. What was his designation? He is out. Okay, he is out. Yes. You seem to believe he's not going to play the rest of the year. I I don't know. I mean, maybe. I just just the way that everyone else was like killed after the Lions game. I just kind of assumed that he was also going to be one of the fatalities. Um, but I, I don't know. I guess he's week to week. Um, I don't even know if he has started practicing yet. Or Yeah, I guess that's why I was confused. I think I, I thought he might have been this week, but I could have just misremembered. But, um, oh, we also, we can talk about uh, new Packers off the outside linebacker Justin Hollins has a chance to play Sunday, according to Joe Barry. Uh, we picked him up off waivers from the Rams. Wow. Yeah. Wow. All right. We're going to close it out now. We have score predictions, a radio staple. Bill, what is your prediction for Sunday Night Football, Eagles, Packers? Well, I'm going to keep it short and sweet for you. Uh, Packers are not good. The Eagles are a better team. Um... Justin Fields is good. The wide receivers are better than the Packers wide receivers. Jalen um, Hurts. What did I say? Justin Fields. Thank you. Well, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Shucks, you're so nice. <laughs> cut that, cut that, cut that, cut that. Um, <laughs> Justin. Damn it, I did it again. <laughs> Thanks. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. He's a quarterback. Comes in, throws the ball. Four quarters. Uh, he... Uh, he is better than he's good. Uh, he's going to be better than the Packers defense. Um, also, Aaron Rodgers again playing with the COVID thumb. Um, this one's going to be the Packers are going to lose. They also will not cover. I'm going to say final score will be Eagles 24, Packers 14. 24 14. All right. I've got one for you here. All right. Um, I do think it's going to be very similar to last week. Maybe not in play style, but in attitude of teams. I think the Eagles are Super Bowl bound. Not bound, sorry. They've got their heads and minds set on the Super Bowl. This team plays very hard every week. They've had two weeks that were not very good. They lost a bad one, and then they almost lost to Jeff Saturday's Colts. I just feel like that's you just should not be doing that if you're a team with Super Bowl aspirations, but it's a long season. Mm-hmm. It's a long season. Um, they're starting to figure out how to use Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown together, which has been a very frustrating thing to watch all season. Their running game has been good all year. It brings back to Mike's point about how it feels like the Packers play a team with a good running game every single week. It just, yeah, there's just good running teams all over the league this year. I don't get it. They're going to test the will of the Green Bay Packers again. Their defense plays very hard. They play every snap, and Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be able to get rid of, get away with some of that free play crap again. I would at least hope not. Uh, the Eagles are going to run their stuff. They're going to dictate pace. They are going to score, score, score. The Packers are maybe going to get some here and there. Um, I don't know what the status of Aaron Jones is health-wise, or how healthy, I mean, but... I think it's going to be a bad one for the Packers. The Eagles can occasionally make you look really silly. I'm going Eagles 31, Green Bay Packers 17. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, out, Aaron Jones was limited uh, with shin slash glute. All right. That's it. That is the Packers pregame podcast for everybody. You are welcome for listening. Forgot that at the top, but I won't forget it at the end. Bill, send us out. Go Pack Go.